list of unfiled, home to the world's biggest stars. Get, get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! <laughs> ready for you to go ahead and take it away. This. This is the Bellissimo Files. It's the Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? Hope you're having a great weekend. Um, I know a lot of you are probably disappointed, just as I am, that I actually, I'm still in disbelief that Brooke did not go through to the Eurovision finals today. She was amazing. And so I just wanted to start the show by saying, Brooke Scullion, if you're listening, you did us proud and you were robbed. She so should have been in the final. But talking about Eurovision, we're going to be crossing live to Eurovision a little later on the show to catch up with Paul Bernas to find out what it's like being in Turin in amongst all the fabulousness that is Eurovision. I'll also be chatting to Christy from Laboom. He's going to be talking about the return of festivals and what Laboom has been up to. We'll also be getting to know the new Doctor Who Shooty Gatwa. And up next, I'm going to be introducing you to our one to watch, Rachel May Hannon. This week's one to watch is a soulful multi-instrumentalist who has had her music played out on BBC, has over half a million Spotify streams and has just released her latest single, Work It Out. It's Rachel May Hannon. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hello, Serena. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Rachel, before we talk about anything, I want to talk about BBC Sounds. One, how do you get played out on BBC Sounds? And two, how does it feel when you're hearing yourself on BBC Sounds? Well, first of all, it's an amazing feeling. It's um, it's one that I'll never get used to. And um, so I grew up in Monaghan, which had BBC Sounds on all the time in the car and on the radio in the kitchen. And then to get to the stage to actually have my own song played out on it was insane. Like, it's so weird having a song in your head and going from that to being on, on the airwaves. And then to people, you know, messaging you and saying that they like your track. It's just, it's an, an amazing feeling. Um, and to answer your question about getting on it, to be honest, I sent emails out to absolutely everybody when I released my, my debut single. I, I didn't have PR at the time and I just was going, I was going for it and I was like, it would be amazing and yeah, lucky enough I, I got on. What advice do you have for people who, you know, do have their music but just don't know how to promote it, how to get it out there because that's the toughest thing. It really is. Um, well, I'd say before even getting to that stage, it's a confidence thing. I definitely find that was the biggest thing for me. It was just like actually thinking, oh, wait a minute, like I can do this too if other people can do it. Um, and I mean, like, I suppose I started, in terms of connecting with people, I started with social media and Instagram. And, and then I, I started, you know, creating e an email file and, like, you know, getting on to different people and you'd kind of be redirected on other people. But it's just about, it's about that grind. <laughs> it's about, you know, if you really want to, you just keep going for it. And in terms of recording the music, it's it's really nice uh, how accessible recording is these days. Like, I've recorded all of my songs in my bedroom with a towel over my head and uh, it's mad you know, isn't it yeah a lot of people just seem to be buying really good microphones and going for it but you can get a very good sound quality I, I think um, at home but obviously being in a recording studio was amazing as well so tell me about writing Work It Out because you use technology again to your benefit this was written yeah. over Zoom between Dublin and Belfast yeah it was so um so Matt Ware, a producer from Belfast, who is absolutely amazing, uh, he reached out and wanted to work together. Uh, I actually had never done a writing session before, so I was going into it completely blind. And I actually said that to Matt when we started. I was like, I don't actually know what we're supposed to do here, to be honest. Um, but he was just so, like, he was so easy to work with. And we both got the vibe of, like, a summer feeling. And um, the song ended up being about uh, a relationship that you know you have issues to sort out but you kind of just leave it by the wayside and um, you just kind of continue on and see where that brings you for now. So how does it feel to actually have it out there now? It feels amazing. Like it really, really does. And I'm so proud of it because it's nice to work on a track that's co-written and um, also that like, I just, one that I really enjoyed singing. I just felt like it, I was really comfortable singing it and um, I really got into the flow of it. And then I also, I, I made a video for it, which I'm really proud of as well. Beautiful. And, oh, thank you so much. It was with my, 
um, my friend Barry and an amazing videographer Tim Sherwood. Um, it was a lovely sunny day. It was one of those first sunny days of the year, and it was like this is actually just so fun. And I was just basically dancing in different places around, <laughs> and it was really funny. We actually we drove past a bottle company. We realised like the gates were locked to go into the bottle bank, and we were like, "Oh, it looks really good, though." So I ran around um, to my family and I said, "Does anybody know the person that owns this um, bottle bank?" And surely enough, they did. So the person that owned it like let us in. It was like amazing. I'm going to work away with your video and just send me the finished product. I'd love to see it. So people are really kind and helpful when you're when you're invested in something and you really want to go for it. We're all very excited because festivals are back, but you're more excited than most because you get to perform what are you playing at this summer yeah i'm so excited to perform they're actually they'll be my first festivals ever um wow so i'm playing sea sessions in june and i'm also playing kaleidoscope in june and then also independence in july which is so exciting i can't again like i can't comprehend how this has happened because like I remember when I was younger like really wanting to play in, in a bar and, and like that was an amazing experience but I never thought I'd get to play main stage at sea sessions or anything like that so yeah it's amazing but Rachel things just keep getting better and better because you're ending the summer with a gig at the Grand Social yeah exactly so I'm playing in the Grand Social on the 27th of August tickets haven't went on sale yet or anything but it's an amazing way to end the summer uh, I've never played a, uh, a live gig in the Grand Social well Rachel enjoy all of that if people want to find out where you're playing when you're playing give us your socials yeah so it's Rachel Mayhannon on all socials uh, it's R-S-E-H-E-L-N-M-A-E so people always spell it like the month but it's M-A-E <laughs> just so you know brilliant well Rachel good luck with everything it's great to have you on the show thank you so much for having me Serena before I let you go will you introduce your stunning new single for us my name is Rachel Mayhannon this is my new track Work It Out on the Bellissimo Files you're in my head This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. It is so exciting to see that festivals are back. There's a new one coming to Rock Farm in Slane from the 8th to the 10th of July. The Other Side Music and Arts Festival is happening. One of the acts playing at it is Laboom. I was thrilled to catch up with Laboom's Christy Leach. Christy, great to have you on the show. Woo! It's great to be here. How does it feel to be back playing, but not only playing, I saw you played a couple of gigs there recently, but playing festivals. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, to be even just like around people and just like having a crack and yeah, dancing and all that kind of stuff is amazing. So yeah, to get back at uh, playing festivals is amazing. You're from Navin, so this one is so close to home. Does that make it any different? Yeah, I don't think I've ever played as close to home. So it's, it's pretty cool in that front and then just, like oh my mates are going and uh yeah it's gonna be great to play like like literally like 15 minutes down the road like it's great so will you because this is a three-day camping festival will you be camping or will you go see who you want to see perform and then go back home uh yeah i don't know if i'll if i'll camp but i'll definitely check out a lot of the acts i know uh one of my mates jordan nocturne he's playing on the maybe on a sunday and i'm gonna go see and uh, yeah, there's a few different acts playing that I really, really want to see. So um, yeah, it's an amazing lineup. Actually, it's absolutely unreal. So I'm really excited about it. You mentioned Jordan Nocturne there. He's not just your friend. He's also done some work with you. Tell me about the single that was released yesterday. I only met him through Instagram uh, during lockdown. And, Are you serious? Uh, was, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. And I was a really big fan of his and um, just really into his stuff. And then I messaged him a few times, and he was like, "Yeah, you know what?" I'll uh, remix one of your tunes. So when the single came out, he messaged me and was like, I'll remix that if you're up for it. And uh, yeah, he's after a remix on Friday night. So I'm really, and like, he's unbelievable. Jordan is like an absolute genius. So it's uh, it's like really privileged to, to have him do that. The lockdown was hard for so many artists. But for you, how did you find it? Because a lot of your artistry, yes, is in making the music, but I'd say a lot of the joy comes from actually being on the stage and playing it out. How did you cope yeah. with not being able to do that for so long? Yeah, like it definitely wasn't easy. I mean, like initially, like weirdly, <laughs> um, we had actually decided to take a little break 
And then next thing, you know, we got hit, hit with the pandemic and it was like, okay, well, this is like an enforced break. Um, and then that just went on and on and on. But I suppose, yeah, after like a few months of that, I was definitely like ready to come back to gigs. And then there were no gigs, obviously, and it just went on and on and on. So yeah, it was definitely tough because I think, especially with dance music, it's not, well, I don't know, it's not like built to be listened to just on Spotify or as part of no. play. It's about the feeling about being there and the atmosphere and people around you and the, the kind of energy in a room, all that kind of stuff, especially music we make. So I guess, yeah, it, it just felt it had no context then for, for, for a while there, you know, and I was like, what am I doing, you know? And it was like, it just didn't make sense for a while. But uh, now that we're back, I mean, like, I'm, it's just all coming, coming back to me and it's, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. Were there nerves? that first time you played again on a stage to a group of people? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first time I, we played a small show in, in Wheelands, which was pretty, I mean, it's a small enough venue. But the first big one was like about, about 2,000 people there in March. Wow. And that was a big like, headline in maybe two years, I think, maybe over two, yeah, about two years. And yeah, it was only when I was up on stage, it was like, God, I haven't done this in two years. Like, that's so, like, so long. But it's amazing how quickly it all comes back. And, like, now that I'm back on the road again, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of back into it again. As I said, you're playing the Other Side Music and Arts Festival from the 8th to the 10th of July. What else are you doing this summer? Um, I've got a lot of gigs in Europe. Uh, so most of the gigs are actually not in Ireland. Um, but we're back in Ireland for Other Side. And uh, we have a few, two, two other Irish festivals. Um, and then we're in Europe as well. So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really busy. But um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Just so happy to be playing again. Uh, well, Christy, we're thrilled to have you back and can't wait to... I <laughs> This isn't a sentence I thought I'd say on radio, but I just can't wait to get sweaty in a field with people I don't know again. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I actually played like a little secret rave there last week. The whole idea of it was just that I haven't been in a room that close to people in so long. And I really wanted to put it on. And uh, it was like 200 people in this basement where it was really sweaty, low ceiling kind of stuff, literally the crowd around us. And that was what it was all about, just getting back to that kind of body heat, actually feeling the presence of people around. And it was such a buzz. Uh, So, yeah, to get back to festivals, get back to all that. I'm just so excited about it, yeah. Yeah, well, I've missed that energy. Um, Thank you for providing that soundtrack to that energy, Christy. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. You can catch La Boom at the Other Side Music and Arts Festival, which is happening at Rock Farm in Slane from the 8th to the 10th of July. Let's go! Demolissimal Files. What to watch. What to watch. Our very own Deidre Malumbi is joining us in studio to talk about two movie releases today. Uh, One's Irish, Mm -hmm. which is... On Colleen Kuhn. On Colleen Kuhn? You got something, it. Something about a girl. Perfect. Something about a girl. The quiet girl. The quiet Oh, Kuhnus, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all slowly starting together. So Coming we're gonna, back. We're talking on Colleen Q. I'm just showing off. And um, Father Stu. I'm really excited about both of these. Can we start with Father Stu? Because this is Mark Wahlberg. And is this based on a true story? Yeah, this is based on a true story. And it's something of a passion project of um, Mark Wahlberg's because he's been trying to get it off the ground since 2016. Apparently, he's sink, he's sunk millions of dollars into this because there have been various uh, delays and then also um, he wants to get the music right but this basically follows uh, Stuart Long who mo- who initially kind of hopes to move to LA to get his life together to become an actor um, he gets a job at a supermarket and there he meets a Sunday school teacher and devout Catholic um, he decides to woo her he starts going to church and eventually he comes to the realisation that he's actually meant to be a Catholic priest oh okay let's take a clip for example, I am gonna give up chocolate. Hey, you guys should protest. She needs sweetening. <laughs> yeah, pick something else. Well, what are you gonna give up, Stu? Me? Uh, I was thinking maybe you guys so I could sleep in on Sundays. No! Alright, alright. Alcohol. I'm really interested in this. Tell mm-hmm. me it's good. Please tell me it's good. I enjoyed it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of... 
Yeah, it was a bit mixed tonally for me, if I'm perfectly honest. I think particularly in the second half of the film when he's actually, uh, you know, training to be a priest and everything. I don't know if it quite kind of struck the right notes um, because it was quite humorous at times and then it got like quite sad actually as well. And Mel Gibson, uh, he plays his uh, father in this and he... Weren't they together in Daddy... Yeah. No, it wasn't Daddy Daycare. No, Daddy's Home too. That's it. They play father and son in that as well. Daddy so something. That yeah. was an interesting... So it was an interesting uh, casting choice and you've got Jackie Weaver uh, playing Stu's mom in this and she oh, I love that actress she's such a sweetheart uh, but she's anyway she's Australia's queen like, yeah, we grew up go. with her in Australia <laughs> do you know what she started as in Australia where we all would have gotten to know her on, on a children's show called Play School it's oh, an institution back home and and see I thought you were going to say Neighbours are home and away because whenever it's oh, you know where they got their start it's usually I wonder, one of those I wonder if she was on one of those but yeah, I, yeah. so anyway sorry yeah. continue yeah but she is she's great in this uh, just so lovable and likeable but yeah generally I found it quite it's it's an enjoyable it's a crowd pleaser of a movie so I liked it I don't think it's going to blow the world over but it's it's good I'd give it three out of five stars who'd go to this ah kind of everyone I okay. mean it's it's Marky Mark you know <laughs> <laughs> will he ever lose that moniker he will always be Marky Mark always, and the funky bunch and just yeah he's just like he's a charmer what can you yeah. say <laughs> um, let's move on to something completely different mm-hmm. on Colleen Kuhn which you know, some people might stay away from because it is in Irish, but this is a reason why you should go see it because a lot of people are calling this the Irish film of the year. Oh, absolutely. Some people are saying, like, it's the greatest Irish film ever made and I think wow. it would definitely be up there for me anyway. Um, it's a gorgeous movie and it's one of those films that even though it is in uh, the Irish language, there is some English in there as well. Like, you don't need to... Because so much of the kind of language of it is, like, through, like, physical gesture, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because it's about this girl who is so quiet and she really kind of struggles to communicate and to express love and everything because she hasn't really been shown love back home. Um, it's just, oh, it's a gorgeous little movie. So just to give you an idea of the uh, summary of the storyline, it follows a nine-year-old called Coach who um, isn't really kind of doted on by her family at all. Her parents are quite cold with her. So she's sent to spend uh, the summer with some distant relatives, um, an aunt and her husband. And she gradually kind of comes out of her shell um, under their love and care. This actually sounds both heartbreaking, like mm-hmm. I'll need the tissues, but it also sounds heartwarming. Is Absolutely. that possible? It is both of those. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of deceptively simple and there's something about it as you're watching it like it's just such high quality and it's so simple and yet absolutely beautiful and so so moving there's something about it that feels like it's an instant movie classic I cannot imagine any audience member going to this and not being just absolutely overwhelmed and overcome by it I love this movie okay you have sold it to me I'm going to go see this and this sounds like something I should see on the big screen as well absolutely and I'm going to give it five out of five stars I think that it's just a perfect little movie is that your first five this year it could be it could be actually and you'll be happy to hear under 90 minutes oh my gosh this movie has everything <laughs> let's all go out and support it and you, can we just reiterate that you're not just saying this because it's Irish absolutely like, not yeah. no no I mean it, it, it's funny because like it, the original was like in English but I mean the way that they use language in this film it actually kind of comes into the film thematically you know what I'm not going to get too much into it just go see go it see. it's so good and I'm just going to say it again because I, I bet you this time I'll stuff it up but on Colleen Kuhn you got it Yahoo. go see that that is playing in cinemas now Dee you're not going anywhere because mm-hmm. big news came out this week that Shudi Gatwa is the new Doctor Who. So you're going to stick around because we're going to find out a little bit more about him, aren't we? That sounds good. Yeah. And if you want to find out what else is at cinemas this weekend, tune into We Love Movies with Gordon Hayden from 8 o'clock. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Was that the BAFTA red mm-hmm. BAFTA TV red carpet? It was announced that Shuti Gatwa is going to play the new Doctor Who. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, I absolutely love his character in Sex Education. I think that he's... I mean, there are so many incredible things about that show, but he could just be the best thing, his character of Eric. He absolutely stole our hearts from season one, didn't he? He really did. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a sec. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Doctor Who, because you and I, we're not fans of Doctor Who. Not really. really. No, no. And I mean, like, Doctor Who has been really interesting in kind of the recent years with, like, its casting and, like, trying to be more diverse and everything. Everyone will recall how the last Doctor was uh, Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. That was really exciting. We finally had, like, a female Doctor because the whole idea of that character is that he or she can be kind of absolutely anything. And, I mean, the Doctor Who writer, Russell T. Davies, um, there was a bit of criticism around Judy because they're like, oh, is this just another box-ticking exercise? But he is quoted as saying he was simply the best actor that walked into the room. 
story. Yeah, well, apparently they'd almost cast somebody else <laughs> and then Shooty walked in and the audition process wasn't an easy one. He had to memorise eight pages, right? A speech that went oh for gosh. eight pages. And then they got him to do it in different um, tones and iterations. And yes, he is going to be the first full-time black actor to play um, uh, Doctor Who. In 2020, Joe Marden made a guest appearance as a previously unknown version of the Doctor hiding on Earth disguised as a human tour guide. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what Shooty brings. I'm also very excited because now the rumours are going to be, f- like, whizzing around everywhere. Who's going to be his companion? <laughs> well, he was photographed with our very own Nicola Coughlin on the BAFTA red carpet and everyone's going, could she be the one? Could she be his companion? I know it is just in the rumour bill, but please, please, someone at BBC or wherever it is, make this happen because that would be such amazing casting. I mean, obviously there's Bridgerton, Derry Girls that people will know that actress from, but I just know she's going so many places. Oh, and and we'd watch. That's the thing. Like, you'd get the Doctor Who fans and then you'd get people like you and I who wouldn't watch, but we'd watch and try and get into the show because of the two leads. Um, Let's get to know Shooty a little bit more. If you are a fan of Sex education. You already know who he is. He is one of our favourites. And I have to say, I've interviewed him twice and twice I've fallen in love with him. The first time I spoke to him, he was alongside Asa Butterfield. And this is what happened. Your laugh. I was so excited coming in, just hearing you. <coughs> My laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's so contagious. <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> he does have an amazing laugh. Um, shooty, um, <laughs> you always hear shooty and smell shooty before you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is there an in a good way. It's a good, it's <laughs> not a bad smell. I was going to say, what's It's a good the, smell. Is it the, also, I, I remember once, so this is sort of backtracking a little bit. <laughs> I remember I had a fitting for season two in, uh, in, in Angels in the Costume Centre in London. Oh, very good. And I had my fitting and I, and I stepped into the fitting room and I'm like... And I text shooty, it was like... Were you just were you just having some clothes on? He was like, yeah, yeah. I left like three hours ago. I'm like, I can still <laughs> yeah. smell your perfume. People tell me that my smell lingers. So yeah. I do get told that I smell good though. It's not. That, it's it's, it's a, a good smell. It's a good smell. Thank God, people want to be around you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's not to love? I swear, um, Russell, the showrunner, Russell T. Davis, because everyone's going, you know, what's the Doctor Who going to be like? And he's like, in fairness to him, I really appreciate that they've said, you know, Jodie Whittaker is still in the role, mm-hmm. so can we wait until she's finished and then we'll talk about the new one? But at least we know that Shooty will probably have the best laugh when it comes to all the Doctor Whos yes. and will be the best-smelling Doctor Who to <laughs> grace that set. But we all do love Eric in Sex mm-hmm. Education. What do you love about Eric? He just brings such, like, heart and humour to the role. Like, he is very, very funny. It's a very funny show, but I mean, yeah, and I mean, he does go through that, like, kind of emotional process with, like, coming out and that relationship, like, with his family. And there's also, you know, that kind of interesting, like, cultural backdrop that he's coming from as well. He just brings a lot of great, like, nuance to the role. You know what I mean? And I loved him in this latest season of Sex Education. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric further developed. And when I spoke to him, this time I was speaking to him with Amy Lou Wood, his co-star. And when I spoke to him, I asked him, what do you hope you can take from your character of Eric? For Eric uh, this year, I think he's learned how to grow, how to try, try to find happiness within himself. I think he's someone that's spent a lot of time uh, on, like on other people and like being patient and like... Uh, help facilitating a lot of other people's growth. And I think this season, he really is trying to facilitate his own growth and learns that actually me taking space for myself, if other people can't make room for me to grow, then are those people really my people? And so that's what I would like to take forward from that. I think I have, in the past two years, that's what I've been taking forward from Eric. And it'd be cool to see him bring that to Doctor Who, won't it? Absolutely, yeah. But Dee, you and I were really worried off air going, please don't tell me that this is going to take Eric from sex education. It like, could, we're hoping they're doing both, yeah? It could very well happen because, um, I, now her name escapes me now, but um, the star of Bridgerton, the last season, yeah. she isn't coming back now for the next season of Sex Education because of her commitments um, to the new Bridgerton series. So, I mean, it's possible that it no. could happen. Maybe Eric, like, moves school or something like that, which would just be... I'd be very sad. No. I hope that we get him in both. Can we not just have more of all the Jews? <laughs> I, I, I think so. Can, can we please have that? Can BBC, again, if you're listening, please yep. lend him to Netflix so he can finish his his role as Eric because he's brilliant in Eric. Uh, one of the things that I took from his um, the interviews, both times I've interviewed him, is he's such a 
a, a lovely guy, but I love the advice that he left me with when I said to him, you know, what advice do you live by, Shooty? I always say this. I always say this. I don't even know why I was trying to think. Um, fa- face your front, mm-hmm. which to me means like focus on you in like your journey. You don't need to like compare, especially like if you're a teenager, you know, and we're in the era of like social media and everything. You know, if you're comparing yourself to everyone that's around you, you're kind of going to get lost because mm-hmm. everyone's on their journeys. So you need to face your journey mm-hmm. um, and just good, stay true, stay true to you. Oh, that's great advice. I agree with Asa. That is great advice, Shooty. I think that that's a really good um, piece of advice as well for going into Doctor Who, you know, yeah. because he needs to be careful not to compare himself to others and to just make that role his own. And he absolutely is going to do it. I yeah. 100% believe yeah. that. I can't believe that we're saying that we're so looking forward to Doctor <laughs> Who and hopefully the next season of Sex, Sex Education. Um, hopefully he'll be back for that. But look, we don't know yet, but as soon as we know, we'll definitely be sharing it here on the Bellissimo Files. Gigi Malumbi, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Catch you next week. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite things. Copperface Jacks, the musical, is coming back to the Three Olympia from the 2nd to the 20th of August. Joining the cast this year is Fiona O'Carroll. I'm catching up with her now to chat all things Coppers, the musical, and find out what her favourite things are. Fiona, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you feeling joining this iconic show? Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I mean, it's so much fun. Um, I haven't actually seen the show myself live. I've only ever seen like a Vimeo and I've I've read the script and it is so funny. It is absolutely hilarious. Um, So I'm really looking forward to being a part of it. How does it feel going into um, such a loved musical and being the newbie? it's a little bit as I said it's a little bit scary because you know you're 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 doing a part that's been played before something so who are different. you playing I'm playing the part of Gretchen she's an American girl a lecturer kind of a little bit of a feminist but yeah she kind of comes in to shake things up a little bit and what's your favorite thing about this show oh the energy oh it's got so much high energy and um, I mean Paul Harris is just a genius the script is fantastic and um, it's so funny it's so witty it's so clever um the cast are amazing. I've met Johnny Ward a couple of times in the past, just very briefly. Um, but since I um, got the part in Coppers, I've spent quite a bit of time with him. And he is an absolute hoot. So um, I think the script, the energy uh, and the cast. Are you prepared for the party every night? Because it sounds like it's just one massive party show after show. I mean, who doesn't like a good party? <laughs> I have to ask. Being a part of this show, does that give you straight? Uh, does that give you access to the Coppers Gold Card? Oh, I don't know. I'm 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 a little on the older side now, so I haven't <laughs> in a very long time. Uh, maybe I might need to go back and do a bit of prep for my part. <laughs> I think so. Just some research, yeah. <laughs> I'm just researching. I swear. Well, Fiona, as I said, this is one of people's favourite musicals. But now I want to find out about your favourite things. Are you ready? Oh, um, kind of. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what TV show? are you obsessing over right now? Oh, I've got four boys. So what we're watching right now is Moonlight. Oh, is that any good? Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm actually loving it. Really difficult to try and portray, I suppose, that character because he's schizophrenic. Yeah. And very difficult to, I suppose, show that in a movie format. It's a series, it's a TV series. But um, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. And yeah, I'm watching it with my boys and it's incredible. Oscar Isaac is just an amazing actor though, in fairness. The way he's able to bring all the different characters to life. Well, like he's possessed by this Egyptian god, god of the moon. It's fantasy, it's kind of psychological horror, it's everything and it's it's Marvel. Favourite film? Different times in my life I've had different favourite films so it just depends. So my all-time favourite I would have to say, probably because it brings me back to my childhood is The Princess Bride. I love a good love story. I used to sit and watch it with my dad all the time. It's one of those movies that makes me feel warm and gooey inside. Favourite book? That's a tough one because I've got a few but um, I'm reading a book at the moment. Uh, Glennon. Glennon, what's her name? Uh, oh, um, Glennon Doyle? Is that her yes. name? Untamed. Stop it. People pleasing. That's it. I'm actually, I've, I've started, I'm only halfway through, but it's like these little excerpts of her kind of life. And it's it's wonderful, actually, because it's inspirational in a way. It makes you think a little bit differently as, as a woman, as a mother, and just living in this time. She just falls in love with another woman, basically. Yeah. And it's just kind of navigating her way through that. And all these little moments of her life are captured in these beautiful little stories. And each story has a lesson. What song should everyone have on their pumped up playlist? 
Do you know what? I'm I keep replaying that song Black Magic. <laughs> Little Mix. Yeah. And there's another one as well. No, that's the new Belgers one. Too. Make me feel but, good. Yeah. Comes on. I'm like, yes. I'm in the car. I love listening to music in the car. So I'm that crazy person that you're driving by, you know, who's screaming her head off. You know. <laughs> Uh, what podcast are you listening to right now? To be honest, of late, I haven't really had that much time to listen to that many podcasts. The last one I listened to in full uh, was the uh, Serial podcast, which I oh, found yeah. fascinating. It's quite heavy, but uh, fascinating. But there's another guy that I've been listening to lately as well because I've been to a couple of his um, Moonstocks and I recently did the Wim Hof with him. But he has a podcast called DMT, Doing My Thing. Yeah. And his name is Patrick Douglas, and I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. What app can't you live without? WhatsApp. It's the one app on your phone that you need to have. It's the only way that I communicate with all of my friends, my family, my children. I can't live without WhatsApp. Favourite person to follow on social media? I do like to look at a lot of poetry. I like to look at a lot of kind of positive affirmations. There's one guy called... He deals with a lot of kind of the masculine and feminine and all that kind of stuff. I'm a very kind of, I've, I've become, I've been on a bit of this spiritual journey the last few years. Yeah. So I've kind of taken over an awful lot of my content <laughs> and meditation and that kind of thing. Um, Fiona, your favourite thing to do on a weekend? I love anything outdoors. So my favourite thing on a weekend, I love hiking. I love going to the movies with my kids. Uh, anything outdoors with nature. I, li- I love doing uh, sea swims. It became my favourite thing in the lockdown. It was yeah. the only thing that kind of keep me focused with my kids. I've got four boys and I found lockdown really, really difficult. I was, I struggled. I, I'll be honest, I really struggled. So I think getting outside and going for those walks and trying to get to the beach whenever I could was really important for me. It kind of reset me, you know, and it was good for the kids. The kids needed to get out. I mean, I've got three boys on the spectrum. Being cooped up in the house just was not good for them at all. Well, look, your weekends are going to get very busy come August because you are going to be starring in Copperface Jack's The Musical. Cannot wait to see you take to that stage at the Three Olympia. Fiona O'Carroll, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to seeing you all at the show. You can see uh, Copperface the Musical, as I said, it is run. Copperface Jacks the Musical is coming to the Three Olympia from the 2nd to the 20th of August. Break, 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 break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? Five, four, three, two, one. Joining me now in studio to fill us in on what we may have missed this week is our very own Aoife. Hello. How I Big news broke last night. Yeah, so this just literally, as you said, last night came came to light and I am intrigued, excited and worried all in one. I was more of the latter, so I want to know why you're more of the first two. Okay, so last night on the Late Late Show, they announced their iconic Christmas toy show is going to be turned into a musical. I don't understand, Aoife, how this... Can, and I know there's so much excitement, but yeah. I, can you explain it? Ruth Ann is behind this, so I'm a bit excited because Ruth Ann is involved. Exactly. If she's involved in writing anything amazing, yeah. I love everything she does. But I wasn't sure how they were going to convert the toy show to the stage. I know they do a lot of big performances on it, but how does that translate into a story was my thought. So it's actually going to follow just one girl on her toy show journey, which I think is quite sweet. Okay. So it's going to be about one little girl, her journey to the toy show. And um, they're saying it's going to compete with all of the Pantos this year. Who's to know? But it's going to be on all through December. Um, I'm really intrigued to hear more about this. I think if they get it right, it'll be incredible. I think if it's in any way wrong, it'll be really bad. Yeah, but as as we both said, the fact that Ruth Ann is involved... Yeah, I, I think I, the music even will be incredible. Yeah. Like, imagine having a toy show soundtrack to listen to every Christmas. I think that would be really cool. It kind of makes more of the toy show yeah. than what, than the one night it is. Yeah, and look, if you're going, Ruth Ann, why, why is there an effort going on? <laughs> because Ruth Ann has written for the likes of Britney Spears. She wrote yeah. work. She has also, she's the one that basically brought together the Irish Women in Harmony collective. Yes. And that was massive and continues to be massive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I am. I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it. As I said, I think it could become something really iconic. Well, excitement now is turning to disappointment because Aoife, we cannot believe that and I don't think we're being biased when we say <laughs> that Rook with that's rich should have made it to the Eurovision final before we give our thoughts about it. Brooke took to social media yeah. after her not making it to the final. Look, it didn't go our way tonight. We are so, so happy with what we did and it just maybe isn't for me right now. But 
maybe in the future, maybe bigger things are going to come. I have a new, I've literally got an EP coming out, like, who knows? Like, we're, like, like thank you so much to everybody who voted. Yeah, I'm just, I, I couldn't have done any more, and I'm, I'm so happy. She should be happy, and Brooke, you should be keeping your head up high because her performance... It was that, so good. That was Eurovision. It was. It was brilliant. Sorry, uh, I think I'm it was really a very, emotional. very tough second semi final. There was a huge amount of great acts in there. But what I do love about Brooke is she's having the absolute crack in Turin. She's out on the streets. She's singing everywhere. She's bumping into Irish people and singing for them. I just hope she embraces the experience for what it is because she's made an impact either way. Exactly. Yeah. Now, every year we are <laughs> shocked when Australia make it through. But I they know. Have- are you really excited? I couldn't, I, I didn't think I was, and yeah. I was watching the, you know, who's going through and stuff, and I let out, I put it up on my stories, and I heard a shriek come out of my <laughs> An mouth. An involuntary shriek. Yeah. <laughs> so I, this is part of um, Sheldon Riley's song. I'm not the same. gives me Gaga feels and he what a has, voice oh yeah and he has this mask that he's wearing that's yeah. made out of crystals and someone actually asked him Sheldon how are they not rattling when you're singing oh my god I didn't even think of that because he said that mask weighs up to four kilos <gasps> so it is not rattling it's just staying put he was on The Voice Australia I believe and it became a thing for him then to wear a mask like that but it, yeah I, I'm really excited about this one me too me too I, I can't wait I don't think I mean we got I think I think we got to first or second, not, not obviously not first, second or third place a couple of years ago. I don't know if we'll go very far because mm. I think when it comes to the voting, I've called people going to go, of course you're going to say it's rigged. <laughs> it's not rigged, right? But I think if it was, I think the voting needs to be changed because if it was, Brooke definitely would have gone through. I know. Or if we were in semi-final one, I think we would have got through as well. But my favourite thing about the Eurovision is every year the ridiculous acts that arrive on stage <laughs> yes. and I have been absolutely loving following Norway's entry, Subwoofer. <laughs> <laughs> Just have a listen to this, it's bananas, literally. Mad, but it's fat. It's funny. Yeah. Like these guys are dressed as yellow wolves, and the line <laughs> is: "Before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana." <laughs> I don't know what happens when things like this go on the Eurovision, but I love it. But do you remember <laughs> we were talking to Brooke um, a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying that the uh, Eurovision fans are so fanatical, and they like her yeah. song was leaked before it even got out there. And actually, me, these guys yeah. have been like. They're having a good crack on TikTok as well around Turin and they've done a parody of Brooke's video on their TikTok. So make sure you go check that out. They're called Subwoofer. And actually talking about Brooke on social media, they, um, Ollie Alexander retweeted, uh, tweeted his disappointment that Brooke didn't make the finals. She's getting a lot of hype, which I'm really excited about. She has an EP coming up as well, as she said in that clip. So I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, but we were talking about the fans being fanatical. We don't know who the banana people are. Yeah. The fans are trying, like you were telling People are trying to figure it out. They're searching red plates of cars that are parked outside places. From what I've seen, it's not anyone that's going to blow your mind, but I can't wait to hear. But speaking of fanatical Eurovision fans, I'm so excited to hear from Paul. I know. (laughs) A little later on in the show, we're actually in the next 20 minutes, we're going to be calling Turin. Hello, Turin. Come in, Turin. (laughs) And find out if Paul, I'm going to get his corny ad. Paul's an ass Dupois. Dupois? We'll we'll learn how to say 12 properly. Yeah, whatever it is. I don't know. (laughs) Dupois? That's the only that I know. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. There's lots of dancing going on in Turin because that is where Eurovision is happening this year and I'm so jealous because our very own Paul Benass has made his way to Turin and I don't know how he's taking this call, but he's taking this call to fill us in on how it's all going. Paul, I'm going to tell you straight out, I am so jealous of you right now. Go on, rub it in. What is it like? Well, I'm here. My voice isn't so much here anymore. (laughs) Um, Has it been that great? It is incredible. The heat is unreal, and um, it's just, the city is just like 
bustling. It's like it's, it's just, the vibe in the place is unreal. It feels like it feels like a three day long pride or something. It's like incredible. Have you ever been to a Eurovision before? Or is this your first Eurovision? No, this is my first one because usually it's usually it's next to impossible to get tickets for them. Yeah. And and this this year was no different. But every year we we try. You know, we have like five laptops set up to try book tickets as soon as they go on sale. And and this year we we managed to get one for the semi final two, which was the one that um, the uh, Irish entrant Brooke was in. So uh, we were at that on Thursday night. And what was that like? I mean, I know because I've been stalking you on social media, but what was it like to actually be there in the crowd? How how early do you have to get there? You, to be honest with you, we didn't get there any earlier than uh, like a standard gig than you'd go to the arena, <laughs> but we probably should have. Like everyone was still at the bars and stuff when it was like five minutes to going on air. But the vibe was um, the vibe was unreal. There was so much Irish support for Brooke there. Like it was just a sea of Irish flags. It was you you'd swear that there was a you'd swear it was a football match and that there was only, you know, two two countries in it. Because <laughs> it, it was it was just it was just a mix of Swedish flags and Irish flags. It was crazy. So what was it like when because I know at home you could hear the screams from around the country going, What do you mean she did not make it to the final? What was the feeling like in the stadium after the lights went out and we knew that we weren't going through? It's a disappointment, obviously. But at the same time, I think we were just so happy that we'd put on such a good show. Yeah. For it. And I think everyone knew that she she had, she had done her best. It was actually a bit of confusion as well because we couldn't understand how Brooke hadn't made it through. Because, you know, in the arena, you know, it, it's, all this stuff is like shot for TV and stuff. So in the arena, you know, you kind of, you see, you get a much different view on it than you get on, on TV. So as soon as we actually got out, one of the first things we did was all huddle around a phone to try to see what the TV because we were convinced there must have been a you know something must have went wrong the sound must have went wrong or the, a camera must have went wrong or something and that's why I hadn't gone through but then when we watched it back afterwards like the performance was flawless yeah so we just we, we couldn't figure out it was just I was just going to show you how um, the caliber of competition this year yeah, that, well, that Brooke had tell me about the stuff we don't see behind the scenes because you're there watching you know the the different acts take to the stage there's not much time between one act and another no it must be and, you know, military the, precision being the technical nerd i am yes. this, this like fascinates me so when when you between acts on tv when you're watching between acts there's these things called postcards play which are just the i think this year it's a drone flying around places and stuff and it's like just like a little montage of whatever country they're going to but in the arena it's frantic on stage as soon as an act finishes straight away and, and, and a small army of like stage crew run out and they disassemble whatever the previous act have and a big countdown starts on the screen and on the stage and they have 45 seconds to set it up for the next uh, act. I feel sick. And, and they, it, it, I feel sick. And, <laughs> it, you know, and when it gets to 10 seconds, these massive countdowns turn red and you're know, right down to like three, two, one. There's still people, you know, pulling cables and setting up microphones and fixing hair. And it, it it's a miracle you guys don't see the, the last stage person running off stage because when I mean they sprint and out on a cotton camera shot is beyond me. And it's a bit like Panto as well because in the arena, you know, obviously we're all, this is all we're seeing in the arena. So as this is happening, the arena is like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> as they get off. So, so it's, a, it's, it's, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, has it been an amazing experience for you? Yeah, and like it, it, it's just... It, just such a happy vibe everywhere we go there's Eurovision songs saying you know you can probably tell from my voice I was out quite quite late last night and everywhere you go it's the Eurovision songs everywhere you and also the amount of like people I know that I've met is, is just mental it's just like how is this such a small world where I bumped into people I worked with like 10 years ago I bumped, bumped with people I used to live with it's crazy so the, the vibe is immense and even when we're we are going around, you know, the love for just all the... There's no competition between the countries, unlike you know, kind of most other sports. Everyone is kind of supporting every... I love how I called Eurovision a sport. I was going to say, sorry. producer yeah, Aoife's here trying to stifle her laugh. We, we sorry, both giggled at that. Sport. Sorry, like most other competitions. <laughs> but there's this, there's this love between everyone. You know, we were... We, um, our favourite mode of transport when we come to kind of mainland Europe is uh, the scooters. Yeah. And, you know, when we, when we were... Um, scooting, it's about a half hour from where our hotel is to the arena. You know, we had Irish flags tied around our neck. We were like, we look like the dark, the Irish dark night going through <laughs> the street with the flag draped off us. But everyone we passed was like singing Brooke's song back at us oh. and like cheering on Ireland. And this is from countries that had their own flags on them and we're cheering them back as well. So there's great love amongst 
all the countries for all the countries. I so love, it's just a great happy event. Yeah, I love I love hearing that. And I think that's why we love Eurovision. But listen, I saw on your stories that you were looking for tickets to the finals and they were going for 5,000 euros. So you're obviously oh. not going to the final unless you've won Euro Millions and you haven't told well, us. Well, let's, you know, there's a few hours yet. Let's not say <laughs> never because we actually, we, we, yeah, we, it, it, it's such a small world actually. We even bumped into Brooke last night. Uh, she came to one of the she? Irish bars. She was in flying form. She's, she's, she's excited to see, the, see tonight. So she was in great form last night. Like, obviously disappointed yeah. that, that she's not in the final. But still, um, she, she was so happy with her performance as well. And it was great to meet her as well. But, you know, it, the, last night, the same thing on everyone's lips was, any tickets for the final? <laughs> but, so, but just, you know, uh, you know, we've been put in touch with some people that might be able to sort tickets for us tonight. So we'll see what happens. But, if we get in, we get in. If not, there's a massive Eurovision village here, which I, I, I knew existed, but I didn't know the scale of it until I got here. It is like... Longitude. It is massive, and there's a huge giant stage in it, and just been acts performing all weekend at it. And then tonight they're obviously on the huge screens. They're going to show uh, the Eurovision final. So hopefully we'll get down there in time to get into that. If we if we don't manage to get into the actual arena, I was going to say regardless of where you are, you're in Turin, you're in Eurovision Central. You are going to have a ball. I know Aoife and I are planning Eurovision parties here, aren't we, Aoife? Oh yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait. Yeah, but there's no party like the party you're at, Paul. And I'm going to let you get back to it. Thank you so much for joining us and enjoy. No Thanks, guys. Uh, hey, hey, Paul, you still there? Yes. Give, when um, Sheldon Riley takes to the stage, will, will you give the Australian an extra cheer for me? I'll give him a cheer for you, no butter. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, Aoife, that's so exciting. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were trying not to be, but also so happy. It just sounds... Do you know what? It sounds like Disneyland for adults. Doesn't it? Yeah. The competitive yeah. sport of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it out there, Aoife. We are going to try and get out there for next year. Let's try and broadcast live. We're yeah. manifesting the Eurovision for us for next year. Let's go. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. Joining me in studio now, again, is producer Aoife. Um, we're stopping with Eurovision, just for now. Just for um, a second. <laughs> Although, I do want to, you know what, I just love that song from Brooke and I really, really hope in a couple of weeks I'll be playing another song of hers in Music Fix. Yeah, and she has said... She like when we spoke to her, she was saying, "You know what? I'm hoping that this is the beginning of my yeah, career." Yeah, I, really I really hope so yeah. too, because I think she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, okay, onto this week. Onto this week. <laughs> as I said before the break, there, I think a lot of our listeners I know are big fans of Post Malone. He has a new song out with Roddy Rich, and it is called "Cooped Up." I'ma pull up, I pull up, ayy Got black minks all on the road, whoa, whoa Got hella probably draw, whoa, whoa even if you didn't know, there's no doubting that that's Post Malone. I know, but I think that's why people like Post Malone, because he is very Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know now exactly what he's singing about in this song, but he's singing <laughs> about being cooped up, which I think a lot of us can relate to of the last two years. So maybe he was fed up as well, who knows. But this is uh, the latest pre- preview of his new album, 12 Cart Toothache, and if you listen, there's like two good verses in there from Roddy Rich as well, who I know our spin listeners also love. So that is up for your Bellissimo Files track of the week, uh, uh, cooped up by Post Malone and it is going up against the new one from Take McRae it is called um, What Would You what Do? Would you do? Don't get too comfortable cause I'm I really like that one. (laughs) Very definitive there, Serena. Yeah, I'm a fan of that one. Do you know what? It's bringing me sort of that pop rocky thing that we've heard from Olivia Rodrigo and a few others now. It has that really good up-tempo guitar going on. I really like it and it's quite different to the slower stuff we've heard from Tate McRae. I think that's why I love it. You know me, add a bit more of a beat and I'm like, I'm all over it. And she has another, she also has an album coming out very soon called I Used to Think I Could Fly. And it's sort of like a breakup album as well. So I'm like, will it have the same impact as Olivia Rodrigo with that pop rocky breakup kind of thing? 
Oh, possibly. I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping because I really do love her stuff. Now, I know we said we were moving on from Eurovision. <laughs> but, go on. I feel like this whole show has been a dedication to Eurovision, but we're just obsessed. We only do it once a year. Once a year. And the other thing I'm obsessed with is that Mika is one of the presenters of Eurovision this year, as in Mika, who sang Grace Kelly and all of those songs. And, of course, he's been very clever. He's released a new song because he's presenting. He'll be performing tonight as well. It is called Yo-Yo. If you're not back tomorrow, what will we will be? We will be on the beat, 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 on the beat. Take me high, 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 take me low, low, low. Hold me in, 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 let me go, go, go. Say goodbye, bye, bye, say hello, no, no. Sweep my heart, 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 like a yo, yo. Aoife, I know you said that Mika's performing tonight at Eurovision, but I could see that as a country's entry. I know. Eurovision. I really, really, really like it. And it's very different from what we would have heard from him back in the day, like obviously miles away from Grace Kelly. But what I love about this, he said, he wanted to make a song that would make us dance and make us cry. Oh, thanks, Mika. <laughs> Imagine us all crying in the club to Mika. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I'd rather just dance. And actually, anyone who's thinking, why is Mika presenting at Eurovision? He lives in Italy now. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if he had Italian heritage as well, but uh, Don't yeah. Think so. Yeah, it was a bit of an odd one, but he will be performing his greatest hits along with that new song tonight. So if you're a fan of Mika, make sure you check that out. But now, time for this. Come on. You're ready. Eva's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> What are you bringing us this week, Eva? My favourite time of the week. And if you know me at all, you will know how obsessed I am with the artist Robin. She is now featured on a new track from Mr. Tofa and it's called uh, Pump It Up. Again, I'm going to say, why couldn't we play that out as a single of the week? Go on, tell everyone why we're laughing. <laughs> you just pointed out to me I'm potentially saying that name wrong. <laughs> it's T-O-P-H-A-T. It is probably Mr. Top Hat. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to find out. <laughs> we're going to find out. I was thinking like Fats and Small, you know, that artist. Yeah. I think that's what threw me off. But that is the new one from Mr. Top Hat or Top Hat, who knows, <laughs> with Robin and Simpson. It's called Pumped It Up. But they are not the single of the week. Who is the single They're of the week? They're not. I'm really happy to play this one out. It is the new one from Tate McRae, voted for by you. It is called What Would You Do? Loving that. You you voted that. Your Bliss My Files single of the week. It is a new one from Tate McRae. What would you do? Make sure you head over to our website or our app spin138.com. You can get the Fresh Hits playlist there for all of the latest new music. And if you missed anything from this week's show, you can get it back up on our website, spin1038.com, including what Brooke said after her um, Eurovision performance. I know. Yeah. But anyway, Aoife and I will be back next week with some massive, massive names. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin.